Little Leaders, Visionary Women Around the World by Vashti Harrison. Vera Rubin, 1928-2016 Astronomer from the United States of America Vera was always very good at asking questions, often about the stars in the sky. She used to stare out of her window at night, charting their movements. Vera didn't just think the moon was pretty, she wondered why it looked like it followed her when her family drove in the car. Inspired by the pioneering 19th century American astronomer Maria Mitchell, and despite being discouraged by her high school science teacher, Vera decided to study the stars, and she would do it where Maria Mitchell taught, Vassar College. After graduating from Vassar as the only astronomy major in 1948, she wanted to apply to Princeton's graduate programme, but she was turned away because they didn't accept women. Vera didn't let that deter her. She continued her education elsewhere, and she kept on asking questions no one else was asking. She always wanted to know what she didn't know, and that would soon lead her to make one of astronomy's greatest discoveries. In the 1970s, she and a colleague who had been studying the behaviour of spiral galaxies noticed that the stars at the edge of a galaxy were moving just as fast as the ones in the middle. This didn't follow Newton's theory of gravitation. Based on its calculations, objects further away from the galaxy's centre should have been moving more slowly. Vera reasoned that there must be something we cannot see affecting the gravity. Luminous matter is the name for objects we can see in the night sky, such as planets and stars. In the 1930s, the astronomer Fritz Zwicky had speculated about the existence of matter we cannot see. Dark matter. Vera's observations helped to prove its existence. We now believe that a lot of our universe is made up of dark matter. One more step towards understanding the cosmos. Yayoi Kusama, born 1929, artist from Japan and the USA. 
Art was always a way for Yayoi to express herself, but her parents did not approve of Art as a career. Yayoi, however, could not be stopped. Even when her mother took her drawing tools away, she made her own. Eventually, she convinced her family to allow her to study traditional art. However, she soon grew tired of the conservative style of painting and became increasingly interested in the abstract expressionism movement in the Western art world. In 1958, she moved to New York City, where she worked on paintings, made sculptures and shot films. Some of her most famous artistic successes, though, were her happenings, art events and performances conducted around the city. Yayoi's work is unique and recognisable for her frequent use of bright polka dots and repeating patterns. Much of her creative process is marked by her focus and fixations. She's known for creating hundreds of paintings in a single series and filling those paintings with thousands of dots. The continuous patterns cover her canvases so that the final work is without composition, without beginning or end. She used dots as symbolism for humanity and existence. To her, humans are just dots on the earth, which is just a dot in a universe filled with billions of other dots, and on and on into infinity. She carried this idea into her immersive installations that she called Infinity Rooms. They are mirrored rooms that create the illusion of looking into infinity. She decorates them with different objects she's created, sometimes shiny balls, decorated pumpkins or more polka dots. These spaces create a unique experience for the viewer as they feel simultaneously enclosed and expansive. In 1973, Yayoi returned to her home country of Japan and launched a successful literary career. Now in her 80s, Yayoi has gained another wave of success with her infinity rooms popping up all over the world and on social media. With a career that spans seven decades, Yayoi forged a path where there was none. Tony Morrison, 1931-2019, to writer from the United States of America. Tony grew up among storytellers. Her parents and grandparents shared folk tales and ghost stories and sang songs every evening. Tony always begged to hear her favourites, and when she knew the endings, she made up new ones. This kind of family storytelling is part of a long tradition in African American culture. It helped instill a great sense of pride in her heritage and was a huge influence on Tony's writing. Among Tony's favourite authors were Jane Austen and Leo Tolstoy. In the work of the Russian master Tolstoy, she found encouragement to write about her own community and experiences. His stories focused on his culture 
and she was reading it. So why couldn't others read about hers? For a while, Tony dedicated her life to other people's writing, as a college professor and as an editor for the publisher Random House, where she championed writers of colour. At 39, she published her first novel, The Bluest Eye, the story of a black girl who feels ugly and unimportant and believes her life would be better if she had blue eyes. Tony used her stories to address the realities of the African-American experience and in her debut called out issues of identity and problematic beauty standards. She went on to write ten more novels. Whether set in the past or present, Tony's stories reflect the histories of America, often with magic, myth and fantasy woven in. Her fifth novel, Beloved, earned Tony the highest literary award in America, the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. In 1993, she received the Nobel Prize in Literature for her body of work, becoming the first black woman in the world to win it. Beyond the awards and accolades, her lasting legacy will be the countless readers and writers she's inspired. Whether it's through her teaching, editing or writing, Tony's love for storytelling has changed American literature forever. Esther Machlangu, born 1935, painter from South Africa. When Esther learned to paint at the age of 10, it was hard to get her to stop. She was born in the southern Ndebele tribe of South Africa. In her culture, it is a tradition for women to paint the exterior walls of their homes in patterns that celebrate their ancestry and heritage. Mothers pass down the skill to their daughters, who paint their homes when they marry. But Esther could not wait. Her mother gave her a small pot at the back of her house to practice the bold and colourful geometric patterns found in her culture's clothing and jewellery. As an adult, Esther lived and worked in the Botsabelo Historical Village, a museum of the Ndebele culture and heritage. In 1986, art researchers from Paris met Esther and invited her to participate in Magicians of the World, a landmark exhibition dedicated to showcasing traditional artists from around the world. It was a breakthrough moment, and it put the Ndebele culture on a global stage. Soon, Esther was being commissioned to share her art all over the world, including painting murals in New York and Johannesburg. Her work was even featured on a British Airways aeroplane, a landmark moment for African art. 
Traditionally, Esther painted with colours made from plants and clay from the forests and rivers of her native land, reds, browns, yellows, as well as black and white. But over the years, she has incorporated contemporary commercial paints into her palette, such as bright pinks and neons. The result is unique and colourful, like Esther herself. She is passionate about sharing her knowledge with the younger generation as part of her mission to keep the Ndebele customs alive. Esther dreams of formal schools and other facilities that teach African art. Meanwhile, Esther took it upon herself to open a school in her own backyard in Madame Motani to teach any who want to learn. Little Leaders, Visionary Women Around the World by Vashti Harrison